Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show, a real estate investment program. Listen and learn how to use real estate to build wealth and passive income streams for you and your family. We bring you experts every day to discuss and answer your questions on everything from single family homes all the way up to 600 plus unit apartment complexes. And now, the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Good morning and welcome to the show. This is Andy Webb with Lifestyles Unlimited. And as always, we are working on your financial freedom. And today I'm going to focus on single family investing, the single family investor. And, and I want to make sure you understand if you're just thinking about doing this thing, buying a rental house, buying a package of five rental houses, maybe getting into 10 or more. I want, to understand, I want you to understand that we make money five different ways with that particular investment. That's why we buy those. We're going to talk about that. And just a little bit about the primary model that we at Lifestyles Unlimited use to get into those deals, what the process looks like very briefly, because then I want to tie that out to the settlement statement. Very, 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 very specific part of the process. I want to dive into that settlement statement, which is a document that, that essentially you get that at closing, ahead of closing, and it essentially shows you where the money is going as part of the transaction to the buyer, to the seller, um, from the buyer, actually more commonly, and, and, and you get that as part of your closing process. And I want to discuss some ways that you can actually save some money on the settlement statement at the closing table, right, and even actually make some money. I'm, I'm going to tell you, actually, I've got a, a good tax strategy that can help you make a few thousand dollars on your next single family deal, especially if you've got one in escrow right now with the, with the title company. So again, these are things that will help you improve your return on investment, primarily because you'll now have a lower cash out of pocket, right? You've saved a little bit and maybe even made a few thousand bucks uh, to boot. So get a little bit of extra cash as a, as a one-off as part of the process. So now if, if, if you've not caught the show before, Lifestyles Unlimited is an education and mentoring group, and we focus on helping you achieve your financial freedom and retire, retire in five years or less, not, not according to the traditional, you know, 65, 67, whatever it is now. We're not on that path. And, and we get there by, by using two very specific investment vehicles. I mentioned one that's the single family house, a rental, um, and the other is multifamily apartment 
right? Buying buying apartment complexes, we do that as well. Those are our, that, those are our two focal points. Period. That's it. Okay. And I personally, if if you've never caught the show before, I am a member at Lifestyles. Um, I've been a single family investor together with my wife for a little over eight years now. We we joined back in in March of 2012, and we did just that. We achieved our financial freedom just by buying and building a a, a portfolio of single family houses. We we didn't do the multifamily thing. We focused on that single family track. Retired my wife in three years. Got her out of a job that she she absolutely hated, and uh, gave her life back to her. And, and I personally, I've now downshifted. I still work. I, I like what I do. I do enjoy that. So I, I choose to keep working, but I'm doing it less. I'm, I'm on a part-time schedule. Let the boss know, hey, you know, here's the thing. <laughs> I bought back my time. I'm going to take a little bit of that back now. Thank you very much. So um, that's exactly what we've done. And now we did just get into a couple of multifamily passive deals as passive investors. So we've, we're starting that transition, right? We're starting that transition. We see an evolution typically with investors <clears throat> over the years and uh, we're, we're really looking forward now personally to to building that that part of the portfolio but but again that's what we do at lifestyles unlimited we we teach you how to invest in single family in in, in houses right and in multifamily in in apartment complexes apartment communities so again so that you can achieve your financial freedom so that you can tell that boss hey i'm done or i'm done a little bit or i'm done altogether like my wife did three, you know, after three years. So now why single family? Why single family? Well, we make money five ways. It's a, it's a tremendous tool for building cash flow, which helps you retire and for building wealth. Okay. And we've done shows before where we talk about making money on apartments, right? So you can find those if you go to lifestylesunlimited.com and uh, click on the radio tab. Those are archived as part uh, podcasts. But today I'm focused on single family because that's where the settlement statement I'm going to be looking at with you today um, typically derives. Now, we make money five ways, and you, you want to understand this, right? Because this is what's going to get you to that financial freedom and to that retirement. Uh, the biggest thing, of course, to get to retirement is that cash flow. We get monthly cash flow from our houses. If, if it's not going to cash flow, right? Rule number one from Del Walmsley, who founded Lifestyles Unlimited 30 years ago back in 1990, if it doesn't cash flow, don't buy it, right? Um, so we want to see cash flow and, and, and what we're doing, we're collecting monthly rent from our residents. We're, we're taking care of that mortgage, that, that the taxes and insurance that we escrow. Uh, we've got at the end of the day, 300, 400, maybe $500 per house that we're putting in our pocket. By the time you bought five houses, you're getting $2,500 a month, 2000 to 2,500 a month. It's, it's phenomenal. And that's what retires you. So that monthly cash flow is pivotal. And then we build wealth in a number of ways. We, we see equity capture up front because we buy right. Right, never lose money. Rule number two from Dell: We buy right. We make sure we buy with some equity. We call that equity capture because we're buying below market. Because we're typically buying distressed assets or buying from distressed owners, that allows us to negotiate a better deal. Maybe we have to do some work. I like that we have to do some work. I like to go in and fix the place up and know that I've repaired everything so that when I move a family in, things aren't going to be breaking. They're not going to be plumbing issues because we've addressed everything up front according to our motto, best product, best price. That's what gets us there. But because it's distressed, because we do then go in and have to fix things up, we get it at a discount and we get that equity capture that builds wealth. And we can later tap into that in order to get more assets, in order to build more cash flow. Of course, we now have fixed it up. We've got it rented out. We've got a great resident in there that's paying us monthly, every month on time. And I'll tell you throughout the pandemic, for those that are wondering, never had an issue. 
We have not had an issue with late pays across our entire portfolio because we do the model right. We, we screen our residents. We make sure we're putting good people in there. When you have the best product at the best price, you're going to get the best people, and they're going to pay you regularly. So every month they're paying down our mortgage for us. So we see some equity buildup. Very quiet in the background, maybe 100, 200, a little more every month that's accruing there. And again, at some point we can tap into that equity, either sell the product out, outright, the house, or do a cash out refinance. And of course, over the past decade, appreciation's been tremendous here in Texas. We're gonna leverage that as well. I've been doing a number of cash out refis from some of our houses that we had for a while in order to tap into that equity. And finally, of course, there are tax advantages. And when we get to the end of the show, I do have a, a tax strategy when you get to the closing table that may help you put a couple thousand dollars in your pocket on that next single family deal. So stay tuned. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's gonna go! Alvarez ties the game! Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Now, let's get back to your map to financial freedom. Welcome back to the show. This is Andy Webb. And on today's show, we, we did a quick review in the first segment about the five ways that we make money as investors in single family. That is our bread and butter, right? That's the big focus. That's what's going to get you retired. That's what's going to help you build wealth. And in the balance of the show, we're going to edge towards that settlement statement, which is what you get when you get to the closing table, or hopefully ahead of time. <laughs> it depends. Um, I've seen them an hour before it happens, but uh, very last minute. But we want to look at that. I want to look at that with you. I've gotten some questions, quite frankly, around some of the items that you'll find on that settlement statement. We're going to answer those and I want to tell you a couple places where you can save money on that part of the transaction, right? Improve your return. Um, but of course, the focus really remains on those five ways, that cash flow, that equity capture, that equity buildup, appreciation, and of course, the tax advantages. Now, if you missed the first part of the show, these are archived. You can always go to lifestylesunlimited.com and uh, click on the radio tab, uh, click on the podcasts. And if you have questions today, the number here in the studio, it's 855 Four nine seven four three 
855-497-4335. Again, 855-497-4335. Or send me an email to askandy at l-u-i-n-c dot com. Now, we talked about the five ways we make money. That's that's why we're buying the single family. Now, the ultimate why is to get to our retirement, to enjoy the lifestyle, of course. But that's the backdrop, right? That's That's what's supporting us. Um, I want to get a little bit just briefly into the buying model that we use because this sets the stage for part of the conversation down line here around the, the settlement statement. And there, there are different ways you can go out and buy any, any house, right? Uh, but our focus, nine times out of ten, is to target a, a, a distressed asset. It, either the asset, the house itself is distressed because it's in disrepair, the foundation is out of level, the roof you know, has holes, Swiss cheese, um, any, any number of issues around the property, or maybe the seller is distressed, right? Think about the pandemic, think about the job loss, right? Uh, foreclosures are on hold right now, but what's happening after December 31st to be seen, but right now that that moratorium expires, there may be a lot of distressed sellers hitting the market at that point. So we're, we're targeting those and we're buying houses at a discount because of that. And commonly, either because of the condition of the property or because the owner's headed for the foreclosure sale on the courthouse steps just a week away, we've got to close very, very fast or we can't get conventional financing. So we use something called hard money. And hard money, it's hard because it's backed by a hard asset. That is the house, that is the property. And the way hard money works, I'm not gonna get into super deep details today. We have some shows out there. If you go check out the radio archives, um, but they're going to lend the, the hard money lender is going to lend to you based on the expected repair, the expected value of that property after the repairs. So you look at the house, you get with your general contractor, you put together a scope of work. This is what I want to do. You're doing that because you've looked at the comps, the sold comps in the neighborhood, as well as the lease comps to see what's on the market and what has successfully sold and successfully leased. You're modeling after those. You put your scope of work together, you let the hard money lender know exactly what you're doing, fixing that foundation, fixing that roof, doing a cosmetic overhaul, right? New gray tones, getting that brushed nickel trim in there throughout, new new six panel doors on an older house. And he sends out an appraiser. And that appraiser is gonna look at your, your scope of work, it's gonna look at the actual sold comps and say, well, when he's done, or she, that investor, the house is gonna look like this. And based on that, it's gonna match these sold comps. Therefore, I think the value is going to be 180,000. And the lender's going to lend based on that number, not your purchase price of, let's say, 80. Okay, and the nice thing with that, they're lending maybe 70, 75%. I've seen 80% of that expected value. You're getting the purchase price as part of that. And possibly you're, you're getting the, the repairs in there as well. And that's the beauty of this model, buying with hard money, going in and then making those repairs. And then we refinance out on the back end into a longer term loan. Now, hard money is a higher interest, short term, considered a bridge loan. Construction loan is another term, maybe 12, 14%. Don't let that scare you because you're going to be in there for a very, very short period of time. Get it fixed up. And then when you get to the refi side of things, you're going to go into a long term, 30 year fixed rate note. Just, just recently, what, what, what are they coming in at? Below 3%. So you're locking in, especially right now, that great inflation edge, but you're locking in that very, very low interest rate for the long term. And that's going to help your cash flow that we just talked about. And that's going to help that equity build up. Okay. Now you're thinking to yourself, well, okay, you're, you're going and you're going to the closing table once for hard money. Then you're going to the closing table again when you do that, that refinance on the back end. 
That sounds like it's getting kind of expensive. Here's the thing. You got to remember this. We, we have less cash out of pocket by using this very model than we would had we gone a conventional route or used all cash, obviously. Way less out of pocket. Every deal I've ever done, I have absolutely gone the hard money route. There have been houses that we picked up that needed minimal repairs. We could have gone straight conventional. I saved easily 50% by going the hard money route. One deal comes to mind, I would have been $25,000 out of pocket. I was closer to 10 because we went hard money, despite the two closings. So that's the process. We're buying with hard money. We're fixing up that house. We may find a renter in the interim. We may get it refinanced and then find a renter. We're putting a renter in there at some point, a great resident. And we're, like we talked about, we're, we're doing all the repairs necessary to get the best product on that market. And we're marketing it at the best price. And because of that, people are going to, they're going to be beating down your door. I've done three turns this year on my personal portfolio. We've had no problem renting during the pandemic. People are, people are getting out of apartments. They're getting into houses. So you, you'll, you'll see that it will move very, very quickly. And then we move on to the next one. Wash, rinse, and repeat. The process is very, very easy. Now, if it sounds scary because of hard money, you need to get over that fear. I've done shows talking about that just last week, in fact. The best way to do that is, is through education, okay? And best way to get educated, like I said, Lifestyles is an education and mentoring group. I want you to go check out financialfreedomlivestream.com. You can read about um, the benefits of becoming a Financial Freedom Program member. Again, that's at financialfreedomlivestream.com. But that'll tell you about the education, about the vendor hub. Now, as we talk about the settlement statement, there are certain trades or, or uh, companies that are going to appear on that settlement uh, uh, statement with for you as well. You, you can find them on our vendor hub, right? Make sure you're making an informed decision, not just grabbing the first one in the telephone book if you still even use those, <laughs> right? So now let's, we're going to get to the, the, the settlement statement itself in, in just a minute, but I, I want to talk about title. First of all, a title company, most commonly, most commonly investors are going to close with a title company. Now, I know some folks out there that maybe have been doing this for decades and feel comfortable doing it at the Burger King with a mobile notary. Good for you. I like to go to a title company. I like to have the professionals involved scrutinizing the deal, and I like to get that title insurance. Okay. And it's the title company that is going to prepare that settlement statement for you. So... The question you might be asking yourself now, well, okay, I've, I've looked, there are a lot of title companies out there. Which one should I use? Sometimes you have a choice as a buyer. Sometimes you may not. Depends on how you're buying. So, for example, if you're buying off of the MLS, a listed property that a realtor is marketing for their client, they may have a preferred title company in there. You're going to want to use that. They obviously are requesting that. It's going to strengthen your offer. They may have a personal connection, some sort of kickback. Who knows? You're going to want to go with that. If you're buying from a wholesaler, they have that relationship with the title company. They probably negotiated better escrow fees, which is better for you because you're typically paying both sides of the closing when you buy from a wholesaler. Anyhow, hey, stay tuned. Austin's Talk, 1370. Listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show will change your life. We will teach you how to create wealth and passive income so you can be financially free. And now, back to your host. Welcome back to the show. This is Andy Webb, and if you've got questions for me today, the number is 
972-497-4335 or send me an email to askandy at luinc.com. If I can get to that during the show, I certainly will. Otherwise, I'll get back with you sometime after. And we were just talking about title companies and which which title company should I use? There are a lot of them out there. There are a lot of them out there. And if you talk to any hard money lender that you've used in the past and say, who's looking the best, they'll tell you there's some good ones, there's some bad ones. So you, you do want to shop around. Sometimes you don't have a choice, right? If you're buying from a wholesaler, and we've bought a lot of houses from wholesalers, they typically have a relationship with a title company already because they do volume. So they should have negotiated rates that are a little bit better for you because a wholesaler typically is going to ask you to pay for both sides of the closing costs, right? For yourself and for their seller that they've gotten under contract, right? So that's with the wholesalers. Some some deals in the MLS that you see will cite a specific title company. Use that, right? Make your offer. Don't, don't make your offer look less attractive by saying, I absolutely insist on using this one. Maybe you've negotiated your better deals there, but keep the deal sweet for them. Otherwise, if you don't know, find out who other investors are using, right? Talk to your network. If you don't have a network, you need to build one. You need to build one. We have one for you at Lifestyles Unlimited, 50,000 members strong. That's where I go to get a lot of my, my sources as well. And if you're listening in the DFW area and you are a Lifestyles member, look, we've got a title company on our vendor hub that you can check out. So we've got a vendor program. We go out and find the various trades and you know, make sure we've got good, solid folks out there for you. General contractors, electricians, HVAC, uh, title company. Obviously, I just mentioned insurance and so on. They're all available for you. You can see the vendor, or excuse me, the member reviews to, to see how they're doing, right? So good, good, good source. And I know we've got a title company out there. And when you talk to a title company, maybe you're interviewing on your own, ask them what their fees are and, and, and the sundry charges. Now, in Texas, the biggest, one of the biggest fees, I guess I'll call it, that you're going to see on that settlement statement is going to be that the title insurance. In Texas, it, it, it is it is governed, it is controlled uh, by, by, the, by the central board, whatever it's called, and it's a fixed rate. It's a percentage of the, the purchase price or the, the loan amount, or, or normally both. When you get title insurance, you as the buyer want title insurance to protect your purchase, and the lender will absolutely demand that you get title insurance, whether it's hard money or uh, the refi on the on the back end, the conventional lender, you're going to have to get title insurance. That that's just part of the deal, okay? And you can't negotiate that. It is it is fixed. Now you you may ask the question: Should I get title insurance? Yes, you absolutely should. First of all, close with a title company. Don't be that Yahoo closing out of his car with a mobile notary. Close at a title company, and get title insurance. It's a great way to protect yourself from from financial loss. Right and any sort of associated legal expenses in the event in the event that there is what is called a defect in title to your property, some sort of an issue, and it, and then of course that it's covered by that policy. So you need to learn how to read those. But imagine buying a house and doing twenty, thirty k in repairs, only to later find out that there was a defect in title. You didn't get the title insurance. You didn't get title work done. You didn't get all the background research done that that title company does for you. And now the seller. Or maybe someone even before the seller comes back and starts to haunt you, has a claim to that property, and you've put all this money into it. So you, you, you want to protect yourself. I can tell you personally, the one time that I've had to use it was because the title company where we closed actually had missed a prior year's unpaid property tax. Right? We, we closed, did the hard money purchase, did the, did the repairs, got to the refi finish line, got a resident in there when I went to pay the property taxes later in the year. 
I noticed, well, hold on, there's a whole other amount in there for from two years ago. So I went back to the title company and said, look, what is this? <clears throat> and they said, hey, we, we missed that. Sorry, we'll pay that. They paid for it. It saved me several thousand dollars. Okay, so get that insurance. It's, it's, it's well worth it. Aside from that, on the settlement statement, you're going to see escrow fees. Those are the closing fees that they're going to charge just to, to bring you to the closing table. It may be a couple hundred dollars. I've seen it go as much as $1,000 per side. So that's one you want to find out about. What title company, what are you charging? Um, nowadays, that may be a mobile notary. My wife just recently closed, uh, did a closing, and had a mobile notary come out so she didn't have to go into the title company, right? With the pandemic around us, it's a good way to go. Is that extra? Is it the same as the, 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 the normal escrow fee? How much is that escrow fee? Look, I'm buying a lot of houses. I plan to do business with you. Can we negotiate that down? It is negotiable. And you can read through the HUD to see, you know, the, the settlement statement. You'll see any number of other government-mandated fees, flood certificates, uh, sundry legal documentation, uh, sundry affidavits, perhaps. And, and a lot of those are going to be uh, fairly nominal, fairly fixed, um, but they'll be part of that. And again, like I said, the biggest thing is look for volume discounts. If you're planning on doing five, ten houses, let them know. Let them know, right? And I'll tell you that we personally, when we go and negotiate directly with a seller, we do offer to play, pay uh, the standard closing costs for the seller as, as well as for our side. So we want to make sure those escrow fees are as low as we can get them. So let's shift gears now and, and let's look at the settlement statement. I think it's interesting. If you've been doing this for any, any period of time, you, you, you may be used to what once was called the HUD-1. Right. If you're buying with hard money, whether it's your first purchase or your 10th or your 20th, if you're buying with hard money, you're, you're going to typically see still what's called the HUD-1. Now, back in, 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 in 2010, we had the Dodd-Frank, um, what was it called? The Wall Street Reform and Consumer Protection Act came out right, in, in response to the last uh, financial crisis around housing. And as part of that, they implemented or required um, what's now called a closing disclosure. That is the new form of the settlement statement. That was implemented actually back in October of 2015. I had to go back and look. At some point, I noticed it shifted, and my hard money lender, they're not, they're not actually regulated, so they continued to use that HUD-1. It's just a lot cleaner. It's two pages. It just shows me it's, it's, a, it's essentially a balance sheet showing me, or a P&L of sorts, showing which monies are going to and from whom. The disclosure, however, it's five pages. It's it's bucketed a little bit differently. It's meant to protect the consumer. Uh, it, it tells me things like over the life of the loan, how much interest am I paying, stuff like that. I don't plan to hold this thing for 30 years, by the way, so less important to me. Um, but there is sundry other information on there. Um, and along with that new format, there also comes a requirement that, that, that you have to give, you have to have received that closing disclosure three days in advance of closing. So I told you, I've, I've gone to the closing table an hour after seeing my final HUD. That's hard money. Sometimes we're moving very, very fast. That gets us the deals. That would never work with a closing disclosure. Another reason why a lot of wholesalers are going to ask you to go with hard money or cash because you got to close fast and this three-day hold just doesn't work, right? Now, the closing disclosure as it now presents it, it has the same information. It's just bucketed a little bit differently. Something you do want to see on here, which I do like, is it tells me whether or not there's a prepayment penalty. No. I'm looking at a recent closing. Balloon payment. No. 
right? I, I want to make sure it also tells me my interest rate. Okay, check, loan amount, check, monthly principal and interest. Does that check out? Yes. Uh, if I escrow, I personally do not escrow taxes or insurances. I, 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 like to, I like to hang on to that cash and use it as long as I can. Um, that's shown on there as well. And, you know, if like me, you're following the lifestyles model, you're going to be buying with hard money. So you're going to get that HUD one again, sometimes day of closing. And then at the refi, you're going to be using conventional Fannie Mae or Freddie Mae backed, uh, Freddie Mac backed lenders. And you're going to get that closing disclosure. Again, a lot of the information is, is the same. Some of it's been added, you know, to help the consumer and, um, just, just get used to reading both of those. Now, as you're looking down, I'm going to focus on the HUD one. That's the one I, I like because it's cleaner. Again, information is the same on both. They're, they're both a form of settlement statement. Um, as you're reading through the second page, it gets into some of the details. And you may notice on there, you may notice some of those charges. The, the title fee, right? In this per particular instance for this transaction, it was almost $1,100 for title insurance. Again, that covers the buyer side, me, that covers the, the lender's coverage as well. Um, going a little bit farther, I see a survey. Now talk about saving money. Here's the question I get. Should I get a survey? In fact, I got a question from a listener that asked that very question. Let me know what the situation was and said, what do you think? Should I get a survey? Well, I'll tell you what I told him when we come back. You want to be sure to stay tuned. And we're also going to talk about some tax savings that you can get as part of the, the settlement. Austin's Talk 1370. Welcome back to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. It's time to turn up the volume and fine-tune your passive income plan so you can create the lifestyle you've always wanted. Welcome back to the show. This is Andy Webb, and today we're taking a look at the settlement statement, and we're going to look at some places where you can save some money in your next single-family rental transaction. And actually, this whole notion was triggered by an email I got um, asking about, what should I get a survey? Do you get a survey? We're going to answer that. And if you have questions, you can email me at askandy at luinc.com on today's topics or anything else on your mind. Again, that's askandy at luinc.com. So should you get a survey? Well, at some point, if you're following the lifestyles model, buying with hard money, fixing up the property, and then doing a refinance on the back end into long-term, 30-year, very inexpensive money right now, <laughs> under 3% potentially, um, well, on the back end at a minimum, that, that conventional lender will require it. A lot of hard money lenders don't don't care, right? They're in their very short term. Um, they're they're a little more sophisticated, I would say, than those conventional lenders, um, at least regards their as regards their local market. So at some point you're going to have to do it, whether you do it on the at, at the purchase or later. Keep in mind that title insurance covers certain things, and if you don't get a survey, and there's a problem with encroachment from one of your neighbors, that will not be covered. The title companies want to going to absolutely want to see a survey. So what I would tell you to do, talk to the seller. Always, always ask the seller if they have a survey. Either they bought the house relatively recently, maybe in the past decade or so, or what I've seen more commonly, we, we buy a lot of older houses, 50 years or so, you know, built in the 50s rather, 
And a lot of these folks are taking advantage of the appreciation we've seen in the market, and they're doing cash-out refinances. And as part of that process, they are getting a, a, a more recent survey done. The last house we bought, that's exactly the case. We said, hey, you got a survey. Yes, I do. It was from about eight years ago. Great. Can we use that? Yes, you can. Save. How much is that going to save you? Anywhere between $300, $400, maybe $500 on a standard, you know, standard platted uh, subdivision type type property. Now, if the seller has that, they're going to have to sign what's called a, a T47 affidavit. The title company will handle all that. It just basically says, yes, here's the survey. Yes, it's eight years old. No, I have not added or changed anything on the property. Right, it's just them uh, swearing to that to that fact. But you can save yourself several hundred dollars um, by simply asking that question. A lot of folks don't think about it, right? Now, some investors I know they may actually wait till the refinance if it's a you know if it's a standard lot they're buying with hard money. You know those '50s builds. They've still got the chain link fencing in place. Nothing's changed clearly. Um, you know it's a standard lot, like I said, platted in in, in a suburban area. You know. Hard money lender won't require it. They may wait till the, the cash out side of it because, again, we've been seeing appreciation just during the short hold periods. They may be able to cover that as part of the, the refinance as the money they're getting there. So that's what some investors do. You know, you, you got to weigh your risks. How risk averse are you or not? Now, if you are buying in a more rural area and it's not that standard platted area, they're do, doing what's called a meets and bounds uh, survey, always get it done. Or it's a meets and bounds property, always get a survey done. A lot changes there. Even hard money lenders are likely to require that if you're investing more rural, uh, in more rural areas. So that's one way to save some money with the, with the settlement. Um, another thing you need to keep in mind is now you've gone through the closing process. If you're following the lifestyles model, you are getting a discount. You are buying right and you're buying a distressed asset or buying from a distressed seller and getting a good deal. Earlier example, I mentioned, you know, maybe the expected repair value when you're done is $180,000, but it is such a wreck you're getting it for 80. Well, that settlement statement is going to show your purchase price. No matter what time of year you're buying, it's very, very easy to go down to the county appraisal district and protest the current tax valuation just by showing that settlement statement. I've done it a lot. This is the easiest thing you can do. <laughs> I don't have to show a bunch of pictures. I don't have to show a bunch of uh, contractor estimates for work. Now, I typically do provide those just to be thorough, but um, uh, most commonly, always lead with that settlement statement. They see the purchase price, the contract price on that, and you're done. And here's something interesting. Here's something interesting. If you are buying from a wholesaler, I've mentioned that throughout the show, a wholesaler is somebody that's out there marketing to the broader public, those distressed sellers, they're doing the legwork, they get a contract. Commonly, they're going to sell you the contract. It's called an assignment. And they're going to have an assignment fee associated with that. That assignment fee shows up on the settlement statement as well. Okay. And it's separate from the purchase price. Keep that in mind. So let's say in my example, I bought the house for 80K. The wholesaler understands it's worth 180 and they put their assignment fee. It's pretty sweet for them. I'm okay with that because the numbers work. Let's say their assignment fee is 20K, $20,000. So I'm effectively, I'm effectively paying $100,000 for that house. But 20000 of that is going to that wholesaler. Again, the numbers work, so that's okay. I don't have that scarcity mindset. Did a show a couple weeks back about that. I've got an abundance mindset. The pie is getting bigger, and I can share the wealth. It's okay. The numbers work. A lot of people see that twenty k and freak out. <laughs> you know, don't worry about it. If the numbers work, the numbers work. But the point for you is that HUD-1 is now going to show the contracted purchase price at whatever the underlying contract that the wholesaler negotiated with that seller is, that $80,000. 
So I go into the a county appraisal district. I give them that settlement statement. I point to, I've highlighted in bright yellow marker. I've underlined it. I've circled it. $80,000 purchase price. And they're going to take it down to the 80, not the 100. Assignment fees on there. It's shown on there as a commission. There's a separate line item, $20,000. But the county appraisal district normally matches that purchase price. Now, if you think about Texas, property taxes can be anywhere from two and a half, maybe 3%. If you just negotiated an extra 20K off of that tax valuation at 3%, that's $600 you just put back into your pocket, at least for this year. And commonly, when you protest the value down, they let it sit for a couple of years. If they don't go back with that settlement statement next year, <laughs> you know, and they'll take it back down. 600 bucks, easy. Very, very, very easy. Now, I want to also give you around tax, taxes, property taxes, a year-end strategy. And this is more focused on year, and you can use this during the year, but the, the, the real benefit comes if you're buying right now, if you're closing in October, in, in November, in, in, in December. And let's, let's stay with that house. Now, I'm going to throw some numbers at you. If, if some of this slips by, you remember the shows are archived. You can go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click on the radio tab. But let's say you got that house that we just talked about. Let's just say 80K, right? That's the contract price. It needed a lot of work, right? So you got a great deal. Market value when you're done is 180K. I did a house exactly like this two years ago. It comes to mind as I'm, as I'm telling you this. Those numbers are, are realistic. But it's on the tax rolls. It's on the tax rolls right now for $150,000. Now, three, assuming a 3% um, tax rate, and by the way, I went back and looked at my portfolio. We've got some that are very close to that 2.9, 2.9%. Um, so it's, it is, it is <laughs> unfortunately feasible, but 3% of that 150K means you're going to have a tax bill for the year of $4,500. Now, here's the thing. When you close later in the year, October, November, December, the title company is going to take the taxes out of that closing and they're going to pay them directly to the tax assessor. It's just part of the process. Taxes are due at year end. The hard money lender is going to require it. The conventional lender is going to require it. We just did a cash out refi and they kept those property taxes back out of the closing process to make the payment directly to the tax assessor. So that's going to happen here. Okay. From about October on through the end of the year. Again, those property taxes will be collected and paid by the, by the, by the title company. Now here's the thing, thinking about that settlement statement, especially the HUD one, it shows you both sides of the transaction. It shows you, the buyer, what you're bringing to the table, and it shows what the seller is getting from the table. And they bring some things to the table as well. They've owned the property for 11 out of 12 months of the year. The taxes will be prorated. That $4,500 will be prorated. Okay? So the HUD-1 is going to allocate about $4,100, $4,130 in this example, to that seller if you're closing on December 1 because they've had 11 months of ownership. They need to pay taxes on 11 months of ownership. You pay the rest. Closing December 1, you're paying for the rem remaining 30 days. Your tax bill collected at closing is $370. Now, here's the beauty. <laughs> here's the beauty. The, the title company makes that payment to the tax assessor. Next day, you take that settlement statement, you march on down or do it digitally now since we have the pandemic all around us. And you protest using that settlement statement, $80,000. The appraisal district says, yeah, gives it a nod like they always do. You're right. I see your purchase price. 
$80,000 down from 150. What is your tax burden now for the year? $2,400 instead of 45. And it's going to take some time, but that new value is going to work its way through the system. It's going to go from the appraisal district to the tax assessor and eventually boom, you're going to get a $2,400 refund from the, the tax authorities. Net out that 370 you paid at closing, you just made $2,000 back by the simple act of protesting your property after closing. Great year-end tax strategy. I've employed this a lot of times, put some more money in my pocket, improved my returns. And remember, this is just one small facet of the business. You can learn more if you go to financialfreedomlivestream.com, financialfreedomlivestream.com. Join, become a member, go attend our Financial Freedom Seminar. It's a two-day seminar where we talk about single family for an entire day and then multifamily the next day financialfreedomlivestream.com. Use the promo code SAVEBIG, all written together, SAVEBIG, capital letters. And you'll learn again how we make money five ways. That is the focal point. That is the focal point, making money five ways. What I've talked about here at the end in the last segment, that's just the cherry on top, okay? And of course, remember, everything we do, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. You have a good morning. For listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. Join us next time. And until then, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. Information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.